Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we tackle our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and you may have caught last week's episode where I discussed some ways we can remain confident and courageous when we or our loved ones find ourselves under attack. According to Jesus, this is something we will all experience at some point, if not multiple times throughout our lives. And while I felt the topic deserved a bit more discussion, specifically from a mental health professional, so I invited Janelle Rarden, a trauma-informed therapist, a board-certified advanced Christian life coach, host of today's Heart Lift with Janelle podcast, and a mental health educator who specializes in marriage and family systems. She's also the author of The Heart Lift Practice and her latest release, Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. Janelle, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> so it's wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. I'm really looking forward to hearing your insight on this topic because I'm imagining you have a lot of experience just dealing with people who've experienced trauma. Without a doubt, for sure. It's probably 98% of what I do these days. Yes. Wow. Initially, that wasn't where I thought my trajectory of my calling would go. But when I found a certain tool and modality that could be used to heal trauma, it just seemed like that's what started to come. So I do believe I've walked into my calling for sure. That's awesome. Well, I have been reading your book. And so Mm -hmm. I actually really, your presentation, I love it. And and Mm -hmm. hopefully you can share some of that with us today as well. Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned a moment ago, we all find ourselves under attack. And Mm -hmm. I think this is especially true for followers of Christ, because the light within us, it's going to convict those who live in darkness. Can I add something there? (laughs) Please do. Please do. It's going to convict those who live in light. You know, a lot of my uh, my story in my second book, Overcoming Hurtful Words, Rewrite Your Own Story, a lot of that story was attack within the church from church leadership. I've experienced it in both realms, in many realms, but I think the one that hurt the deepest, as the proverb says, the wounds of a brother, right, really hurt. We had Philip Yancey on about oh. a month ago, so I... If you have not heard his story, it is super, super powerful. And so I'm going to encourage listeners to go back and find that one. It's healing from church hurt. And I hear what you're saying. And anything connected with religion, I think just Mm -hmm. cuts super, super, super deep. It does. And I think a lot of times we don't recognize the spiritual element when we, we see it coming at us from a person, right? And we don't recognize that really we have an enemy that wants to defeat us, to derail us, discourage us, to to get us to doubt our assurance in Christ and I think our identity. And is that something you've seen like as you've worked and, and listened to people? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yes. I think that my journey 
definitely uh, the reason that I pound the table so hard about behavior patterns, communication skills, emotional health, mental health is because I've seen such a disconnect within the church system. You know, we have tended to just not spend a lot of time trying to understand our mental health and our emotional health and how, how that goes into our spiritual health. And so for sure, I think that one of the very first postures that I take if I'm attacked or if someone is coming to me that has felt attacked or in some kind of relational conflict of some sort is we don't wrestle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. Now that does not help initially (laughs) because the hurt is so real and it's so personal, but as followers of, of the Christ way, right? We have to know Evil is real. Satan is real. And so we have to realize first and foremost that he is out to get us. There's no doubt. If we are following Jesus, we have a target on our back. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. How can we respond in a way that is spiritual warfare informed? I love that. Jennifer, that is amazing. Because I like to say I'm trauma informed, I'm attachment based, I'm faith based. But spiritual warfare informed is, I think, a new term we're going to coin today. I like that. I think that what, after I have framed it, so I, I will move through my world, my relationships, my leadership, every sphere of my influence, I will move through it knowing that there are powers and principalities of darkness. That's my frame, right? So I'm going to just keep that in the forefront of my mind. It's going to inform any reaction or response that I have. Second to that, I need to make a commitment to do my own work, to make sure that I have on a growth mindset. I do my spiritual formation practices. I do my read my Bible. I do my part to become a wholehearted person. I think that's central. And that's what I have based all of my work on these past few years is helping men and women and family systems become emotionally and mentally healthy in order to be spiritually healthy. I really do think, I mean, it's all integrated, But when we know who we are, when we possess a sense of secure attachment, big words just means you're safe and secure in your own body. You know who you are, you know whose you are. The world is a different place in which to be. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So I would start there and that's what I do. Arming 
men, women, and family systems with an emotional and mental health toolbox, spiritual practices, and disciplines so that they can be healthy. That's awesome. I know for me too, when I have just in the past, like in my walk experience, and you know, I'm thinking about it too. For me, a lot of it has been in the church actually. Mm -hmm. And at the time it created such fear in me because I gave those people more power than they had. Like in my brain, they held power over my calling, over how God was going to use me, over my future. And once I recognized that they didn't have that power authority, unless I gave it to them, that's it. It helped me be less frightened. I mean, it was still painful. It was still super Mm -hmm. hard. You know, I still Mm -hmm. had to kind of walk through it and process and, and also recognize, you know, you talk about, we we live in a, in a broken world with spiritual mm-hmm. forces that are just attacking everyone, everyone. Yes. And, and when I recognize the person coming against me, if I can start to say, okay, how are they breaking right now? Like, how is this a mm. sign of woundedness and, and deception and slavery and all of those things, you know, that, that scripture mm-hmm. talks about that kind of keep us from what you talked about, that secure identity in mm-hmm. Christ. And right. then it, it helps because it, it helps me shift to realize it hurt me, but it's not necessarily about me. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. But I, I, my journey in overcoming hurtful words definitely held the tension. I think that would, would have been my, the hypothesis I was trying to prove, you know, is this a well-meaning person or just a mean person? And when we're talking inside of the confines of the Christian body of Christ, right? I couldn't wrap my head around that anyone would really just be mean. (laughs) I had a different standard as, as I should have. So I think that it's very Good to say, don't take it personal. But on the other hand, there are true enemies that are trying to oppress and take you down. You you hit the nail on the head a minute ago, Jennifer, when you said you let other people think for you. You know, that is exactly what I did and have done for most of my life. And that's informed from coming from an alcoholic home, from a family of origins that didn't equip me and educate me and empower me properly. But Once you understand what we call in the realm of counseling, personal agency, Christ didn't create robots. He created living human beings with agency and will and choice. And he wants us to do that. That's a very important point to bring to the table today to be able to say, you know, I ask these four questions. The first two are most important. Do I think for myself? Do I speak for myself? Do I know why I do what I do, why I act the way I act. You know, it's like a, you've got to take a step back. For me, when these things kept happening to me, right? These hurtful words just kept coming. And I thought, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, it's just an all on assault. So I took a step back and I did realize I was letting that happen. I think that's a process too. I, I've walked beside some people. In fact, there's somebody I'm walking beside right now who experienced trauma to the point that this individual doesn't even trust themselves to know when a relationship is good or bad. And so what they've done, which I think is super healthy, they've pulled away and they've pulled away from certain individuals in their life, Mm -hmm. but they've also created, given themselves space to say, I don't know how to relate. I'm going to work on this. And and there are, I like to call them redemptive relationships. And I Mm. think that's been in books. And so I don't know where I heard it, but my version of it and, and what, like what our ministry tries to do with some of our, our private support groups is we want to be the people who can 
demonstrate what safe and healthy look looks like. And so like, That's it. like I've told this, this one individual, I'm like, you practice with me. Like, you know, you can yes. person and find and, a safe person. And when you're going to react at times and then we're going to unpack it and we're going to talk about it and we're going to say, this is healthy. And, but I think, so I would suggest to our listeners, if they find themselves, I think you can get in a pattern of experiencing attack because you don't know healthy relationships without a doubt. Yes. And so I would just say, pray and just say, Mm. you know, keep, keep walking with God and pray for those relationships and then don't run. I have one individual, she's actually on my ministry team and I had been praying for an accountability partner Mm, and I love her because she's very, very connected to Jesus and very honest and and very courageous. (laughs) And the first time she kind of called me out on something and it wasn't, she Mm. wasn't mean, she wasn't attacking, but it felt like an attack because I was used to being rejected. Yeah. So I, I pulled back and I was ready Ooh. to stop the relationship. I'm like, you know, my first response was danger, danger, stop. And then I just, I sensed God kind of reiterating to me, like, isn't this what you wanted? Isn't this what you prayed for? Wow. And so I recognized that she was a safe, she was a safe person. And she did things that helped me recognize that as oh, well. That's good. Mm-hmm. But I was able to kind of differentiate between so maybe how I, how people had responded me to me in the past yeah. and, and how in a healthy relationship that would respond. And that, and that didn't mean that I was terrible or that I was being mm-hmm. rejected. It meant she Unworthy. loved me. Right. And, but that was a process. That's tough. I would love to pick your brain a little bit because I think listeners might be wondering, cause I certainly didn't know what a safe person looked like or how, what characteristics they had. So what is a safe person? You know, I, I like to call those people heart lifters. You know, that's my, what I stand on. It's my prophetic footing. And a heart lifter is someone who practices that threefold cord of healthy sense of self, you, your identity. I call it your God breathed identity, right? You know who God has created you to be, or you're on the path. You're always looking and seeking healthy behavior patterns. You know, just like you just said, you had experienced rejection. So that was a pattern in your life. And God tenderly said, Hey, let's look at this. Let's look at this. You asked for this. Yeah, but I didn't want it to hurt like that. Well, you know, it's going to, you know, and then healthy communication skills. So do you have some character qualities that you look for in a safe person? Yeah. And I've actually been asked this before, and I will say, I'm I'm cautious with this because I think everybody is so, so different. And my journey is probably 90% of just really clinging hard to Jesus and listening to <laughs> Jesus and hitting pause and, and mm-hmm. getting his perspective. And, and then, and there've been times when that that's been terrifying. Like there was a period in my life where it just was a lot of pain where, where I just had to sit in the pain for a while. Yes. So I do believe God does that, but we can't shut him out when no. we notice that fear rising up, just like in, when right. I experienced the, the attack th- with the help of my husband, he made a statement that encouraged me to say, okay, God, what is going on here? And I think that's the biggest question I've mm. asked for the past 20 some years. If I could say anything to the listeners, I would say just really lean into Jesus. We did have, uh, I don't know if you know, Gary Thomas, but he, oh, yes. Yeah. So we had him <laughs> on Fabulous. Uh, I want to say three weeks ago about dealing with toxic people. And so he gave some pointers in there. He said, basically, like if they take a piece of you, Mm -hmm. if you, if you feel less than when you're with them. And sometimes I think that can be us 
you know, we have, we have mm-hmm. to kind of evaluate. That's what you said, right? You said, take yeah. care of you. You got to look at you. It's about what, you know, Proverbs is so clear above all else, guard your heart, take care of it, put a fortress around it. You know what I mean? And because everything, absolutely everything flows from there. So yes, you got to look in the mirror first. And I think being grounded in grace, like if, if we grounded in grace, yes. But I think we have to recognize and, and get to that place where we say, God, just show me who you are and show me your heart. That's it. I love the example. And this is what I, I really dug deep in was Peter and Jesus. And I think that, you know, you had spoken of earlier having people having power over you, you know, well, that's authoritarian. And that is not what Jesus was. Jesus was a, an authority. But, you know, he told Peter, get behind me, Satan. He didn't mince any words. You are impeding my forward movement. You are getting in the way of my ministry. You know, so I always like to say, and then you follow their story. If you follow their story, if you really want to see an example of a redemptive relationship, to me, that's also another, it's a beautiful one because Jesus is patient and gracious and kind. He doesn't ever belittle or oppress. So I'm always going to look when I meet someone or when I'm in a group or whatever, one of my watch, you know, watch words that I, I always look for is should, you know, shoulding. But I, I definitely look for, you know, if someone's belittling people, chronic sarcasm, they're having to make themselves really big. So they make you look really small. Those are some signals, you know, they're just not safe. It's like just little red lights going off. So we want to be around people who are patient, who listen, you know, and who don't shame or belittle or oppress. Jesus didn't. He just said, get behind me. And I am sure that was filled with quite some authority. And in that he shows us how he's going to hold someone accountable while accepting them. Because later on, we know in the story, as the story goes, he meets him on the beachfront and cooks him some food and they have some talking about how much do you love me? So Jesus shows us that we have to accept people as the human beings that they are, but we also have to hold people accountable. And I think it's a little, which one's heavier? (laughs) I think we're short on the knowing how to hold someone accountable well side. And that's why I wrote what I wrote and why I do what I do is to try and say, listen, you can speak up for yourself. You can say, I got this, you know, and in my work with my clients, I always lead them to John 10. To me, it is such a watermark, beautiful passage of scripture that teaches us to learn to hear the stranger's voice and learn to hear God's voice so that you can know which one is which. Truth is not hurtful. No. Truth truth is freeing. And so- It is, that's it. Yeah. So I'd say that's another thing. If we share our hurts with someone, Mm -hmm. how are they responding? You know, is is that a, are we able to- And there are some people we may never be able to do that with. And I think we have to recognize certain people. We might just have to say, they're not going to own up to this particular behavior- That's right. I'm going to grieve it. Mm -hmm. And maybe I need to step back for a bit. If I can respond with this person in a way that guards my peace and my joy, Mm -hmm. then I know I'm ready for that, for whatever. Jesus was great at that. Like he could be around really sinful people and not be defeated. But if this person is going to make me, you know, if I'm going to find myself really anxious and, Mm -hmm. and sad and feeling defeated, then I'm probably not emotionally strong enough for that particular Mm -hmm. interaction right now. Still tender. Mm -hmm. I mean, Paul said it well, if at all possible, 
live peaceably with all men. I don't think he would have said that if he thought we could live peaceably with all men. I mean, that clause is there for a reason, you know, I mean, sometimes peace looks like division. It looks like a sword, you know, the, uh, the Bible is very clear on that. It's just knowing yourself and becoming very aware of all this, the good, the bad, the ugly, the shadows, the light, the dark, just being a, accepting your own humanity, right. As well as trying to develop and grow and look like Christ at the end of our life. That's our goal. But I think that you have to know yourself. You do, you have to know, uh Oh, why, why is that? Why is the way she looked at me making me have what we would call a trigger or why am I flinching back from someone, you know, what just happened when I walked into this circle of people and I, I didn't feel safe, you know, that's, that's a somatic body feeling too. So, you know, this is layered and complicated. We will never get to all of it uh, in 20 or 30 minutes, but what we can know is that we will have attacks. We will be attacked, right? We will principalities and powers of darkness are all around. We have to be very, very aware and attuned. And I just like to say, I just make sure I'm a safe person because I am the only person that I can do anything about. And if I'm in a group or if I'm somewhere where I don't feel safe, then I do remove myself. I now give myself permission. Whereas I wouldn't have done that before because I thought I need to keep, you know, I need to keep on keeping on. You know, there's so many tensions, right? Turn the other cheek. Does this. It is very confusing. Love yeah. your enemy. I mean, there's just, there's just so many, but what we're not supposed to receive, we're not to be the recipient of shame. We're just not, we can do something and be ashamed. That leads us to conviction, right? Guilt. All of that is part of our process of repentance, but we are not to be shamed or oppressed or belittled or made, you know, to, made to feel inferior by anyone else that's in our control. So if that is happening to you, if you're listening, it's just take a step back and examine, go, why does this keep happening to me? Why? I just think that's a brilliant first step mm-hmm. for sure. I like how you give yourself permission and, and you talked mm-hmm. about that, giving ourselves permission. It's, it's hugely confusing. I think in mm-hmm. faith-based circles, because mm-hmm our hearts will naturally always long for reconciliation and for wholeness mm-hmm. and for beautiful relationships. Yeah. But we may not ever experience it with certain people on this earth. And so it's, it's understanding that, that, that pull towards them mm-hmm. is, is probably a fingerprint of, I'd call it a fingerprint of God, his desire for restoration, but that doesn't mean I have sinned as a Christian woman or as a Christian man. If, you know, if I have, let's say a child who is abusive or, or in heavy addiction or a parent who is, you know, is narcissistic or there's just mm-hmm. that brokenness there. I think sometimes we feel all this obligation to have these beautiful whole reconciled relationships. And I think that desire is good. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there is that tension of this isn't heaven. No, it is not. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, not in any way, shape or form. And so I think it's just a great practice to, to just be very aware of that, you know, to just know that difficult relationships, difficult people, difficult circumstances are they're just going to continue. 
So arm yourself in the right ways. You know, I don't want you to armor up with defense and coping mechanisms, but to arm with that spiritual armor, right? And to be knowledgeable about proper ways to have conversations and and proper ways to hold people accountable. You know, now some of the situations that happened to me in the past, they wouldn't happen now because I would go, you no, no, you you don't. I would put my hand and I'd say, you you don't have permission to be saying those things to me because they're not true. They're not true. Thank you. I appreciate you or whatever, but I can think for myself. I know I can hear God for myself. I know, you know, it's just so important to be, you know, and I know people don't like to hear this kind of phraseology, but that personal agency, you know, I am in charge of me. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states because Christ died on the cross for me to have that. He did. And he imaged it for us. When I share with whoever and wherever, when I say, I, I feel it's me and God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, because he said he wanted us to be one in John 17. We're one. And he said, greater things will you do because I'm in you. Christ is in me. He's the hope of glory. So I just if there's no, I can't just, I can't take that apart anymore. I am one with him. And so, yeah, I am in charge of the way that I think, the way that I talk, the way that I act, the way, yes. Well, just, uh, we're getting close to closing, but I would love, no. if you could, <laughs> I go so quick, but I'd love if you could address two things. Okay. Uh, one, I hear a lot. So I am not a counselor mm-hmm. and, but a lot of people will come to me saying, you know, I've got this and they have trouble finding counselors either because counselors are booked out or because they don't have mental health insurance. They don't have the funds. Some of them Mm -hmm. are, you know, some of our listeners are in other countries where they just don't have quite the same access. So what would you say to someone Mm -hmm. who would love to seek a mental health professional, but they're like, you know what, right at this point in my life, I don't know how to make that happen. That's a tough one. I mean, if I have my way with the ministry and the work that I do, we will equip the brothers and sisters of Christ 
you know, back in my day when I was a young buck, you know, a brand new 20 year old believer in Christ, I sat at the kitchen table. I could name the women to you that formed and shaped me. I didn't pay them any money. It was called discipleship and mentorship. Titus too. If I have my way, you know, that's what I would love to see equip, you know, that men and women would then again be equipped, you know, to be able to do that work because it's costly. It is definitely costly. And due to this global pandemic and this collective trauma and this, the state of our world, I mean, people can't get appointments. It's really incredible. On the flip side of that, because we're holding tensions today, that presses presses you to the feet of Jesus. And that is not cliche. I'm not saying that lightly. I would never say that lightly. It's like, get on your face before God and cry out and ask for him to lead and guide. Holy Spirit, come send me counsel. That's, I know that's not an easy thing to hear because we, we love to run to people. I do too. I just went through a very, very difficult situation. And I was like, who can I call? Who can I call? Oh no. Who can I go to? I need a me. I need a me, you know? And it was like, I just kept walking, circling, walking. I cleared my calendar. I came up and this is my, what I call a breathing room. And I got on my floor. I cried. I screamed. I opened the word. I did go to some podcast trainings and things like that. I mean, we have Google. We're very blessed with that and ask, seek and knock. But if you're looking, if you are to answer that question fully, I just want to invite men and women to look for someone who, if in fact you suspect you may have some kind of trauma injury or soul wound, you know, and trauma is just any emotions that are just too big. They overwhelm your body. You just can't seem to get a handle on it you know, and you find yourself being triggered by certain things. It's so critical to me for uh, them to receive trauma-informed help because that is different. It really is different than just counseling or talk therapy. So um, I, I would just urge that. In the meantime, if you can't find someone, if you're not led to someone, seek ye, seek ye, you know? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your, your latest release too. Stronger Every Day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools, as you mentioned, for an emotionally healthy you. I, in my own journey, in my own journey, of course, I found these certain, I'd like to say really big psychological terms or counseling theories or whatever, that when I learned about them, like secure attachment, like we were talking about initially, when I found out about attachment theory, my life changed. I'd been walking with Jesus 40 years even more maybe. And I just kept tripping over inferiority or insecurity, or why can't I get intimate with my husband? Why can't I relax around people? Why can't I feel safe in my body? When I found that out, Jennifer, I I can't even begin to express to you the relief that I felt and the wisdom and knowledge that I gained by knowing that tool that when I possess, because I, like I said, grew up in alcohol family. So I did, I did not, I did not get the gift of secure attachment. I got insecure attachment. There's some layers under that, but we're just going to go with that. When I knew that I was seen and heard and known and loved and cared for and nurtured and safe and secure inside of myself, it's just, it's life-changing. I could then image my father in heaven as someone I could trust. 
Because if that hasn't been imaged to you on, in the real world, it's, it's super tough. So Stronger Every Day, I just gathered these tools. Another one would be memory reconsolidation, which is definitely a tool for any kind of trauma or overwhelm, spiritual formation, of course, trying to think of all of them now. So you kind of walk through the readers, just how to find healing and become more emotionally secure and spiritually yeah. grounded, it sounds like. That's beautiful. You should have said that. You should have answered it for me. <laughs> I mean, the premise is honestly, and I'll, I, I'm just repeating myself, that I feel like as a believer, as a follower of Christ, I did not possess emotional intelligence or relational intelligence. I didn't. I knew the word. I knew the word. I had hid it in my heart. Scripture. I understood prayer. I understood all of these things, but I feel like for decades in my life, they are now calling it spiritual bypassing, where if someone's falling apart, you go, just go get in that prayer line. You know, Jesus loves you. He, he'll help you just pray. That's why I was saying before, I'm not offering cliche here, but that is, that has been the pattern. And so I just think that we're made mind, body, spirit, right? And Christ wants us to strengthen all categories. Amen. So this book was my offering. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and just sharing those resources with us. And I will put more information about Janelle on our show notes. So make sure to check out her books. And then yes. also I imagine your podcast discusses mm -hmm. a lot of these oh. types of things as well. Yes. I created my podcast for my clients initially so that in between sessions, they could just get educated. Nice. So go there first. Nice. Nice. Well, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. I hope today gave you some things to think about, maybe some resources to check into. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe. Then you won't miss a single episode and make sure to share it with your friends. We would love it if you would rate us. That helps our team and it also encourages us, helps other people to find it. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement podcast which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.